You're listening to the Quince podcast. Stating that the center can't get a free pass every time by just stating national security, the Supreme Court on 27th October appointed an external committee to investigate the allegations of unauthorized use of the Pegasus spyware on citizens. After weeks of back and forth between the center, the petitioners and the court on Pegasus, the Apex Court sharply noted in its order that the quote-unquote vague denial from the government is not sufficient and that it had no option but to set up a panel to examine the allegations made by the petitioners. The court's stone observations on the issue comes after hearing a clutch of petitions which requested a probe into the allegations of the center's use of Pegasus on over 142 Indian citizens. The revelations regarding the use of Pegasus were made after a consortium of media organizations around the world reported in July this year that prominent politicians like Congress leader Rahul Gandhi, 40 Indian journalists and several private citizens were spied on and their phones were also hacked. However, the center has to date refused to take a clear stand on whether it has purchased or even used the spyware. And given the center's stonewalling on this issue, how significant are the observations made by the court? Will an expert committee be able to unearth the answers which the court has been unable to do so thus far? And what powers will this committee have? Joining me today to discuss the significance of the order and also what functions the expert committee will possess is Apar Gupta, the executive director of the Internet Freedom Foundation in Gunjan Jawla, program director of technology and national security at the Center for Communication Governance at NLU Delhi. Get tuned in to the big story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. Before we move to the crux of the episode and understand the functions of the expert committee, it is important to note the strong observations made by the court. Here are just some of the highlights of the order. The order stated that quote unquote every citizen has a reasonable right to privacy, choices, liberties and freedom and underlined that though quote unquote there are restrictions on the right to privacy they have to stand constitutional scrutiny. Concerns regarding freedom of the press in India were also raised by the court stating that quote unquote it is undeniable that under surveillance it affects the right and the freedom of people and how it is exercised. It is also about the freedom of the press and the important role played by them. Such technology may have a chilling effect on the freedom of speech. The order also took special care in highlighting the lack of clarity that the center has provided thus far in the case and that it must prove and justify the concern of national security adding that quote unquote the mere invocation of national security by the state does not render the court a mute spectator and finally the court pertinently stated that given that there is no specific denial by the center it has quote unquote no option but to accept the prima facie case made by the petitioners to examine the allegations made According to Apar Gupta the court observations are significant since they clearly lay out that the center has been given ample opportunity to respond to the allegations. He dissects how the order highlights issues regarding right to privacy, freedom of the press and national security. So uh, the court has uh, gone through and if you look at the structure of the judgment it's quite fair. It first says what do the petitioners say and then says what is the opportunity which has been provided to the union government. The union government has been provided multiple opportunities as the order discloses to place in forward a answer as to whether it procured pegasus how is it utilized etc etc but only 
files what is called as a limited affidavit and this is quoted within the judgment the limited affidavit as per the court's own words is in quotes vague and omnibus so by itself it does not state any clear answer and merely annexes a statement made by the honorable minister for electronics and it as well as railways and telecom uh, mr ashwini veshwa on the floor of the house in lok sabha and the rajya secondly the court gets into the national security argument as well which is cited by the government to prevent filing a much more detailed affidavit and getting into the factual instances raised by parties especially those who have been impacted this includes independent journalists for instance iff was representing rupesh kumar singh and ipsha shakti who are independent journalists in jharkhand and their phones were actually surveilled by pegasus so in their petitions they have made certain allegations also how it impacts their sources even with respect to this the court says that it will impact a individuals right not only to privacy but also journalists with respect to their freedom of speech and expression the ability to do news gathering and will cause a chilling effect and then it juxtaposes the national security argument and here the court is very very clear the court says in paragraph 49 national security cannot be the bugbear that the judiciary shies away from by virtue of its mere mentioning although this court should be circumspect in reaching upon the domain of national security no omnibus prohibition can be availed for against judicial review end of quote the court essentially is saying that if you are claiming national security and you are not providing details you have to say which details you cannot provide you have to give reasons for it and hence on the basis of the nature of the allegations raised which are serious and the court observes are prima facie demonstrable as credible the lack of any investigation by the government and also the claim of national security not to provide any clear answers or factual submissions to the court the court goes on further and notes that it is constituting this committee as i stated earlier the court has appointed an independent technical committee to probe allegations made by the petitioners the court will be hearing the case again in 8 weeks to hear the results of the probe Now according to the order the committee will be overseen by a retired judge RV Ramindran he will be assisted by former IPS officer Alok Joshi and Dr Sundeep Oberoi they will also be joined by a technical subcommittee comprising of cyber security experts such as Dr Navin Kumar Choudhury who's a professor of cyber security and digital forensics and the dean of National Forensic Sciences University Gujarat and Dr Prabhavaran P who's a professor at the School of Engineering at Amrita Vishwa Vidyapeeth Kerala and lastly Dr Ashwin Anil Gumaste institute chair and associate professor of computer science is an engineering at iit mumbai the court has now effectively ordered the committee to investigate six core points which in short are whether pegasus was in fact used on citizens the list of victims of such a spyware attack investigate the steps taken by the center so far whether any central or state government or any governmental agency or person acquired the spyware and used it and what legal grounds have they used the spyware on The center has so far stonewalled all requests and in a limited affidavit claimed that all allegations are conjecture and are based on quote unquote unsubstantiated media reports. It also reportedly used the specter of national security as a response whenever it has been prodded by the court. So given how reluctant and obscure the center has been in the case so far both in the court and in parliament how effective will this independent panel be in bypassing governmental red tape? According to Apar Gupta the committee at first glance does look well equipped to handle the investigation however he states that there is no clear direction in the sc order and the absence of an accountability mechanism also throws up the question of what the final verdict of the investigation the public and especially the petitioners will receive 
So according to me, the committee on first glance appears to be uh, independent. It's headed by a well-respected former Supreme Court judge, Justice R.B. Ravindran. It has technical members, so it will have the capacity and expertise as well, which are former uh, ranking officers of the Indian police service like Alok Joshi or uh, come, come from the domain of technical standardization and cybersecurity like Dr. Sandeep Oberoi and also has a sub-technical committee comprising of various professors from the top faculties in India and institutions like the IITs. The questions also and the terms of reference framed by the Supreme Court, which is in Para 61, go into these very particular questions which will need to be answered and will require the committee to, in fact, uh, summon uh, government witnesses, public officials for depositions. For instance, question number three is, and I quote, what steps action have been taken by the respondent, the union in India, after reports were published in the year 2019 about hacking of WhatsApp accounts of Indian citizens using Pegasus suite of software? Question number four, whether any Pegasus suite of software was acquired by the respondent Union of India or any state government or any central or state agency for use against the citizens of India, end of quote. So it's quite a natural progression given the constitution of the committee, also the kind of terms of reference placed before it that we can possibly expect clear answers, which is the very objective why it has been set up. However, as I said earlier, the proof is in the pudding. There is no clear direction in the order, and I think is one deficiency to be noted that a copy of the report will also be examined by the court and then be made public. Hence, the report may just be submitted to the court, and the court and whatever steps it takes upon them will only then become public. So I would say that we lack clarity as to what will be the next steps after the committee does submit its report, what will be the accountability mechanism, um, as well as what will be the level of transparency so independent commentators, as well as victims who will approach the court, make, obtain a copy and also provide further inputs. We took this question to Gunjan Javla as well, who is the Program Director of Technology and National Security at the Center for Communication Governance at National Law University. And according to her, the court order does state that the committee has a wide range of powers, especially to call upon any agency or person for statements or records. But she questions the extent to which this power can be used given the provisions of the Evidence Act of 1872. Certainly the court has gone uh, to great lengths in putting down in black and white what are the questions that the committee needs to be looking at and what are their powers. Uh, to do so. And I think one specific uh, uh, point that comes up from the committee's terms of reference is that the power uh, is that the committee has the power to take statements and call for records from any authority or individual. Now, on the face of it, saying any authority or individual does give them a very wide discretion to, uh, you know, call upon uh, public officials to produce documents as and when uh, they may be required to find out to uh, get to the logical conclusion of this fact-finding exercise. Uh, however, given that one of the questions that the committee is looking into is whether or not uh, the spyware was acquired by government agencies, I think there are certain provisions in our regulatory provisions that may uh, kind of, I would say, restrain the ability of not just the committee, but also the court itself to look at the kind of documents that may or may not exist in this uh, context. Um, I've previously written about this and the general financial rules, which are the, uh, which is the omnibus regulation that governs public procurements uh, that are conducted by civilian authorities in the country. 
have an have explicit provisions that empower the government to undertake certain procurements secretly or basically not publish these procurements out in the out in the open if they deem it fit in the interest of national security now notwithstanding the fact that this is the first time the, that the phrase national security has entered the vocabulary of the general financial regulations which in itself is a huge issue i think if the answer to this question of whether of whether the government acquired the spyware is in the affirmative certainly there are certain documents that exist somewhere which have been marked as non public or secret and are not fit for disclosure um that brings us to evidentiary concerns that the court has been struggling with in the process of coming up with this order as well right now whether or not we like it the kind of uh, legal framework that we have is one that was framed by our colonizers to keep certain information completely out of the public domain and our evidentiary rules kind of enable that kind of tendency if we look at sections 123 and 124 of the indian evidence act which relate to official communications of the government or uh, material that may have been disclosed to a public official in confidence such material is explicitly prohibited from being produced in court as evidence unless the same public official who designated these documents as non public agrees to their disclosure being in the larger public interest so uh, we may have gone through the process of going to the court and getting the right order but i don't suppose that the word any authority or individual is going to be interpreted so widely that it exceeds the authority authority that courts themselves have in terms of what evidence they can and cannot ask to be produced before them uh so it would be interesting to see how the committee works around this kind of a provision actually that's not the right word i i wouldn't say how they work around it i think a lot would depend on whether or not the committee can induce cooperation from the government in sharing necessary and relevant facts with them the supreme court's daily order on pegasus resonates with its statement from 13 september that there will mean no quote unquote beating around the bush and does give some direction towards a positive outcome in the coming weeks but the question which still sticks out is whether the center will relent and comply with the investigation if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story for episodic updates we are available on apple google podcast spotify geosavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quint website and for any feedback please shoot an email to podcast@thequint.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.